Hold on. Hi, this is Exposure Magazine, Exposure Podcast, as well as Exposure TV, now streaming in 128 countries. Exposure Magazine is one of the most profound magazines for affluent urban communities. We are at 87,409 readers. We really, really appreciate your time and the consideration that you all have given us over the course of eight years. This growth has brought us so much. Oh my gosh. To the point where we're right now doing a wonderful and amazing issue on women you know, you need to know. And so one of those women that we just selected was Teresa Allen, who is an amazing and a woman of excellence. She's a speaker as well as an author. And in her community, one of the things that makes her so special is that she works to help other people on a daily basis. And saluting women such as herself is like saluting someone who is like Winnie Mandela or even just talking to someone that's like Coretta Scott King. Anybody that's making a difference in the lives of others today are in are walking in the shoe steps and footsteps, I'm sorry, of our ancestors. And so we thank you so much as we celebrate the diaspora of African-American women in our community. Sharissa Allen, how are you? I am good, Tam. I am good. Girl, you made me feel good. <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Um, all that you do and explain that to us so that our listeners, our viewers, and our readers will understand more about Sharissa Allen. Tam, I am just a woman who loves to give back. And that's just honest from the heart. I'll give you the shirt off my back. I'll share my lunch with you. I'm going to work to help get you a job. And also, I'm going to work to help you give back to your community. So what I do literally is straight from the heart, from a place of love and not to be loved, to be liked and all of that, but just to see my community thrive. I was born and raised on the south side of Ypsilanti. Some folks call it the dirty South, quote unquote, but it's where I'm from and it's what I love. And so anytime that I can help make a difference in my community, I do it. I have a nonprofit called Women and Men Working for Change and my business, Do You See What I See? They were both just started from a place of love. Well, let me say the women and men working for change was the do you see what I see was started from a, a place of pain. That's really where that was started. But that's a whole nother story. I, I love being in a community. I am a social worker. Now, I've been in the field of social work for 30 years, and I was blessed to be able to go back to my school my alma mater, my high school, Ypsilanti Community High School, and work there. And that's one of my greatest joys where I give back, I feed into, I pour into the students that are there because they are truly our future. So that's just a little about what I do, who I am. Um, I just don't want, honestly, how can I just put it? I want people to know who they are. I want people to have a voice. I want people to know that they, they really do matter and they are heard and they are seen because there was a time that I didn't feel any of that and I didn't know any of that and I didn't believe in myself. So that is really what I try to do, give people hope. 
Mm, awesome. When you talk about, do you see what I see? You said it came from a place of hurt. Explain that to us. Well, I was a woman who was molested as a little girl. And that little girl in me just curled up, crawled in the corner and stayed silent, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yet at the same time, I was crying out. I was crying out to be seen, to be hugged, to be loved, to be comforted. But it was like no one was paying attention. They all thought it was for just for somebody. They, they really just thought it was just to be seen, just attention seeking behaviors. But I never told and I walked around hurt for so many years, Tam. I walked around hurt. I walked around feeling less than. I walked around questioning myself. But more than anything, I walked around angry, mad, and pissed off at anybody who came into my world. Mm. And folks didn't understand that. And so I had always said, I guess, you know, now that, you know, I I did write a book. And once I started getting on the speaking stage, people always said, Sharissa, you said you were going to do this and you said you were going to do that. And I guess I was really telling my story to people of what I actually was going to do. But it really did come from that pain of being molested and not and feeling invisible. And so my my business is, do you see what I see? Because, Tam, it really is me seeing in others what they don't see in themselves. And so I pull it out. I pull it out and I allow mostly women, because that's my niche, that's who I love to work with. I allow them to see all of the greatness that they have inside, all of their skills and their talents. I allow them to see themselves and walk in their truth. And this is where I'm at, 2020, doing it, loving it, loving it, Mm. living it. Isn't it right? Living it. Amazing industry. There are so many other women that are out there that feel just like you. And so what are some of those things that you share with them? I share with them that it's time to begin to love themselves. You know what I'm saying? We are our worst enemy. That inner critic in us, Tam, I promise you, it comes up subconsciously and it, it reminds you of your past. It has you doubting yourself, second guessing yourself. And so I, re, re, I remind women to love on themselves, be kind to themselves, you know, um, speak affirmations out loud. I'm a big person on affirmation. So I remind them to write their affirmations and not only write them, but speak them out loud. I remind women to forgive themselves. Forgiveness is truly an act of kindness to ourselves. Mm -hmm. And it's all about forgiving ourselves, forgiving. I had to forgive myself for not knowing my worth. I had to forgive myself for walking around, being mad, pissed off, angry, and all of that, you know? And I had to forgive myself for allowing that negative chatter to penetrate my soul. So I encourage them to forgive themselves. I encourage them to be non-negotiable because as women, Boy, when we don't know our worth, or when that negative chatter start penetrating our soul, or when we begin to look around and start comparing ourselves, we will negotiate all the way down to two dollars. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, Tam? For real. You know, and you know, I mean, you've been in the business. It may not be you, but you've been in the business, and and I know you've watched people negotiate 
water their skills down, water down who they are. And I'm not doing that anymore. And I encourage women not to do that. And then I encourage them to bring the authentic, whoever they are, that authentic person to the table every day. Mm-hmm. Not apologizing, not making excuses, but this is who I am. I am bold. I am brave. I have gifts, talents. I have something to give. And this is who I am. Mm-hmm. You okay. know, and so. What was one of the times in your life that you felt like you hit your lowest? Oh, girl. Let me say that year was, I can tell you, Thanksgiving 2006. I was in going into my last semester of my master's degree program. I felt like I still hadn't fully dealt with the molestation. So interactions with men were very, they could be traumatic at times. And when I felt rejected by a man, by anybody, it would take me to the lowest and that was one of the lowest places. And it wasn't just about a man. It was just about life happening. And I know some of your listeners can identify when you are on the break, brink of doing something great. And when I say great, I don't mean what the world says great, but you're just on the brink of doing something great. When you're on the brink of coming out your darkness, when you're on the brink of saying, I am about to just live and not die, then that's when the enemy literally comes in and tries to destroy you. And that's where I was at. Anytime I'm that I'm getting on the brink and going higher and going higher, now I know how to handle it. But, you know, at that time, graduating, getting my master's degree, going to another place as far as employment and academics and, and having this degree behind me, which nobody could take, all of that ugliness started coming back up. And I decided that, honestly, I didn't want to live anymore, Tam. Mm. I didn't want to live anymore. And I remember calling my mother and telling her that, yep, yep, I'm going to go on and check on out of here. I'm going to go on and check on out of here. And because she was a praying woman, I just remember her prayer. And all she kept saying to me is, you will live and not die. And here I am. 15 years later, still living, Tam, still living. Mm, oh my gosh. In your um, statement, you said that I know how to handle it now. Mm-hmm. What is that that helps you to handle it now? What do you do? What do I do now is I remind myself, I honestly, and some people may say it's cocky or whatever, but I remind myself of who I am and whose I am. Tam, I remind myself everything I do is faith-based. It really is. It comes from the scripture. It comes from my teaching from my mother. And I, I remind myself that God gave me gifts. He gave me gift, gifts to share. I remember when I was writing my book back in 2012, I believe. And it really wasn't even a book. I'm going to be honest. It wasn't a book. I was doing like a soliloquy. And I remember saying, Okay, Lord, I'm going to tell my story. And the Lord said, oh, you, this ain't your story. This, this is every woman's story. I just got you. I'm just making you the author. And Tam, I was like, oh, yeah, I ain't about to tell no. I ain't about to tell no everybody's story. And yeah, just to say I ended up writing the book. So I did tell everybody's story. But 
I remember saying that he, he told me that day, he told me as I was writing the book, he said, go look over the ledge. And I was like, the ledge? And I have a ledge in my kitchen at that time. And I went and looked over and he said, if these are the women that you will touch. And when I say Tam, white, black, brown, green, yellow, and I'm being honest, tall, small, large, all kind. And I was like, oh yeah, Lord, that ain't, yep. That's not what I'm about to do. Mm -hmm. And I sat on those gifts for a while. And a couple years ago, no, back then it was 2015, I began to step out. And I didn't realize then that when God, when God said, gives you a gift, when he gives you a vision, many of us think it's like right there, right then. And it's now really manifesting right now in my life. It is really now manifesting. I've been speaking. I wrote my book. I had a book signing in 2014, I believe. Um, I've done speaking. I've facilitated women's groups. But right now, he is showing me his truth and how he has me. And that's where I'm at is he has given me a gift. So back to your question, he has given me a gift and I remind myself of that every day. Even when I wanna slip a dip, even when I wanna just pull the covers over my head and say, oh, not today. Even when I feel overwhelmed, I'm like, God gave me this gift and now is the time to use it. So I am non-negotiable. I am unapologetic. I am sprinkled with black girl magic. So yeah. here I am today. If you could look back at the 10-year-old you, what would you say to her right now? Just take a moment and tell us truthfully, if you look at her, what would you say to her? There you go, Tam. Mm. I would tell her that she is beautiful. Mm. I would tell her that she's loved and that she really does matter. Yeah. I would remind her of her beauty. Yep. And that she's loved and that she's, she matters and keep on going. That 10 year old was an academic Girl, she was, she loved school. <laughs> she loved school. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> the trials and tribulations that come along with sexual violence, so many women have faced it. So many women have endured it, but many people don't see the pain because you can't see the scars. <clears throat> if you can turn yourself inside out, you'd probably be crying a river, or you'd probably see bullet wounds and stabs and everything else. But because the world can't see it, it's on the inside and it follows us. And with that being said, what is it that other women who are like yourself can take away from you? <clears throat> what I would hope women would see in me is the strength and the warrior and the fighter. 
I am ambitious. I don't give up. When I say it's going to happen, it's going to happen. I am a warrior. I, um, I want women to use their voice. And I keep going back to the gifts and skills and talents. And I want them to do that. I was so afraid, Tam, that once I allowed myself to go out and be in the public eye, I was so afraid of what they would say about me. Not even really knowing my past, but what they would say and how they would see me and how they would perceive me. And I don't want women to be afraid anymore. I want them to seriously take from me that I am a fighter. I am a warrior. I live in my truth, Tam. I am transparent. And when we can all do, do that, there's nothing anyone can say. There's nothing anyone can do to hurt us. I always talk about anytime I'm speaking, well, let me say most of the time when I'm speaking, I go back to the Eminem uh, movie. And I always forget the one, the uh, guy's name. But when Eminem in the last scene and he got, he got on stage and Eminem had been through so much, he had been jumped on. He had come from the hood. His mother was living any kind of way. And he got up on that stage and when he rapped about himself, when he told his story and dropped the mic and walked away, it was nothing else said. And that's what I'm doing. And that's what I want women to do, to be able to tell their story out loud. And it doesn't necessarily have to be just like me, but I want them to know that they have a voice and that someone really does hear them. Someone really has seen them and someone has been waiting for them to tell their story and then drop the mic and walk away. And that is my favorite movie, Eight Mile. Eight Mile, there it is, Eight Mile, yes, yes. And his one friend that shot him in the foot, Tam, was like, Tell him, tell him, turn it on him, turn it on him. <laughs> and he got up there and he turned it on him. Um, Tam, he turned it on him. He was like, yeah, y'all did too. Y'all did jump on me. Yeah, I do live in the slums. Yeah. And so once he did that, it was freeing. What nobody else could say anything about it. Right. <laughs> and so, yeah, read my book. Google me. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what I tell people. Read my book. Google me. Yeah. I tell my own story. I don't leave it up to anybody else to tell the story for me. Mm, how precious and how amazing it is. Yeah, I love the part when he says, all I need is one mic. Oh, one, yes. I need one mic and that's it. And I used to do that. And I used to get on stage for comedy. I used to stop and be like, all I need is one mic. There I got go. low and I got it, right? So that, <laughs> so I really, really, really am honored to be here with you and appreciate you sharing your story and allowing us to expose you in the pages of Exposure Magazine. It is such a wonderful, it's a privilege, it's an honor. No, the privilege and honor is mine, seriously, Tam. It really is just watching you and listening to you and you do not know how you like 
I don't even want to say made my day because that was that would even that wouldn't even give you the honor that's due. When you called me Risa, and when you said want what you want and wait for it, that was one time when I knew I had met someone genuine and someone who was actually paying attention when they say they are. I'm like, this lady really is reading my stuff. She really is watching me. She's not just coming. <laughs> and I really wanted to say, Tam, you could call me Reese. I love it <laughs> because that 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 provided us a connection. And I'm being honest. I'm like, then at that time, I knew you were authentic, Tam, and you were really about your work and the work that you do for us as Black and Brown people, Thanks. and especially women. So the honor and privilege is mine. Oh, thank you. So and I hope that part is in the interview. I hope that part is because it is you. I was like, she called me racist. <laughs> oh my God. You don't even know. We'll be on the next five minutes because I did. That was a connection. That was a genuine connection. Oh, thank you. You're so welcome. welcome. Yeah, that was. Um, this has been an honor and a purpose, as I said before, and we are concluding the story. But guys, listen, Risa has written a book. Can you tell us the title of the book and where we can find it? Well, I took the book off the market for more reasons than one. So it's not out there anymore, but I am working on a new book. The book was Revelation, Resignation and Restoration. It was really about the story of my life as being a young lady, a child growing into a woman and being molested. And so I did take it off the market. I apologize. Oh my gosh, but you have something that's coming up. You're going to be in Michigan, April. April 10th, yes. You're going to be uh, speaking. And so please follow Sharissa Allen on social media platforms. Keep in touch with her, inbox her, and DM her if you have a story to tell, because I'm sure yeah. she Please do. Please do. Yeah. So we're going to continue on. And then we have her links on the page. So, guys, you can find her link in her bio connected to the story if you find the podcast on iHeart, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, as well as Pandora and Alexa and iTunes. Once again, we thank you so much. And oops, I forgot Google Play. So be sure to download the show and listen to it over and over again. Hopefully it encourages you because it has encouraged me and that your spirit fly. You know, when you soar with egos, you go so high in life. So continue to soar. You do. <laughs> you do.